Guys, welcome to the first ever episode of this wonderful corporate finance edition, man. I am so excited to be bringing this to you guys because obviously, you know, I remember probably about, oh man, this had to be in October of last year. Um, I was, well, I was about to cement uh, one of my, uh, well, a corporate finance type of student out here in Thailand. But now, obviously, with me doing this, I do a lot of this in the companies that I actually train at around Bangkok. So, you know, corporate finance and everything, I just think it is phenomenal, nonetheless, because there's so many things that we have to dive into. And what else I realized was um, it had to be a couple of things, like, if you... Are, you know, if there was a degree that was applicable to everyday life, it would have to be corporate finance because I know people, as a matter of fact, is, um, oh my God, the CFO of his, one of my close friends, um, you know, she's the PA to him, right? And I actually went with her at one point to drop off some documents at his house because obviously there's a big shutdown. Well, no, not anymore. Things will start opening up gradually, but with, um, you know, he's in corporate finance. Now, remember, this guy is a millionaire because obviously he's the CFO to Air, Thai Air Asia. But if you look at his house, it's not a massively massive house. If you look at his car, you're like, huh? Because see, the thing is, when people are in corporate finance, they don't look at the external value of everything. They look at, okay, how am I going to be able to weather the storm? How about IPOs? How about this? How about that? And this is what I love so much about people who are into finance and stuff like that, because it opens up just a completely broad range of so many different things. And that's what we're going to be um, talking about today in terms of forecasting, right? And if we look at what forecasting is, obviously, why do you think companies need to forecast? You know, I was looking for one of these, uh, you know, these healthy food restaurants that are out here in Bangkok, Thailand. I came across another one, didn't even know what it was, but it said, Goodbye and thank you to all our customers. And I looked and obviously it was in Thai. So I asked one of my friends to check it out. And sure enough, it was because the pandemic. See, it's very difficult to forecast like what like it's it's difficult to forecast during a pandemic. One of the best restaurants that are in that like it's at a junction where there's just a concoction of just so much food and entertainment around here in Bangkok. They're called the Asok Junction. This place had the best buttermilk biscuits. It had the best food in the world. They had to shut down. The CEO said after the second shutdown in April, he started he started whelping, meaning he started crying profusely because he knew that would be the end of his restaurant. And because the government is obviously not supplying SMEs, we have to understand the underlying condition with SMEs. Like, okay, you are a small business, but the government is not going to look out for you. This is in America where Joe Biden came back and said, we're going to give all the revenue back that you guys lost throughout the pandemic. It's not like that here in Thailand. It's top heavy and then it's fuck everyone else. Right. And so you need to forecast and understand. Oh, see, you know, while I'm doing my this podcast outside, these beautiful birds, they're black and white. They come on over uh, and they take a little bath in the fountain before they go running off again. So I'm actually just staring at it while I'm giving you guys this podcast. But nonetheless, staying on topic here, forecasting and the importance of it. And you can't forecast a month, two months, not even a quarter, but you could see a trend with the quarter. But you would have to say, OK, where are we going to be at a year from now? And to be honest, if you see in my progress progress over the last year, it has been unbelievable. Because I realized, I said, okay, well, the thing is, there's nothing guaranteed, and this is the beauty and the and, and the not the so the not so beauty of being an entrepreneur. Because I can't forecast anything. 
I've read everything down in my book. Okay, July was phenomenal. Okay, August wasn't too bad. But now it looks like it's we're opening everything up. Okay, it's open book now. And I'm unbelievably grateful for it. Um, but at the same time, you know, it, it, you know, at the beginning and dawn of the pandemic last March, I couldn't forecast anything. It was too hard. So the importance of it is to say, you know what? Okay, restaurants, they're going to get hit hard. And the main reason why restaurants get hit hard is obviously because they're not able, they only have cash flow of about two weeks. They don't have one, they don't have a year worth of assets saved up. They don't have two years worth of assets saved up. So people are going to have to learn how to not only adapt, but forecast and say, okay, if this does happen again, how much cash do I have on hand that will be able to keep me afloat? And when the government started, you know, saying, OK, mandatory shutdown of these little places, but they never shut down the obviously the factories because then it would slow down production. And these greedy CEOs, they wouldn't be able to pay their fair share to the government. Right. It's a lot of corruption in a country like this. Right. Very backwards, very everything. But in saying that, you know, it made me realize and it's good for me to obviously forecast when it comes to my life. Because I look at my tutorial job out here in Bangkok and I'm like, okay, well, this one's only going to make me this amount, but I really don't give a damn. I say to myself, all I'm going to like look at you and expect you to do is to pay my rent. And if you stop, like if you can't do that, we're going to have an issue. And when things don't open up, do not expect me to do shit else for you, period. So again, how does my company, I have no idea, this guy keeps everything from us, but how can I forecast? It just all depends on my content creation. Like how much am I posting? How much, you know, I've been going through Facebook and I'm now getting very good at this because when I have the Facebook memories on my Facebook page and it could be a videos that I no longer do like token IELTS. So I quickly hurry up and share them to the pages just in it's called not recycling content, but you're kind of putting the content back out there and hoping that, okay, maybe you'll go viral. Maybe people will come in and start asking me questions. You know, I'm now waking up every morning and people are like, hey, I would like to buy this webinar. Hey, I would like to ask you about this or ask you about that. And it's just so amazing nonetheless. And I'm so grateful for it uh, because it's about the content creation, making sure I keep my mind, the purpose, keep keeping my mind on the prize. Okay. So in saying that, people, ask yourself, how does your company forecast, right? And what I'm going to do, I'm going to read out a couple of things for you. Then we're going to go over some vocabulary terms, okay? So here we go. Good business, okay, I'm going to read this out for you, all right? It says, good business requires good forecasting. Although nobody can predict the future, like I said, forecasting can help you identify possible issues for your business and prepare for them, Right? In this series, we're going to look at a, you know, a couple of basics in regards to forecasting and three major forecasts you'll probably need to make. The first one is sales forecast. The second one is profit and loss forecast. That's huge. And then obviously the third one is the cash flow forecast. So number one, okay, the sales forecast. This shows your projected revenue, projected revenue, okay? This is all based on extrapolation, meaning you building up a pattern and figuring out a pattern and seeing, okay, all right, I believe it's going to be this in the next month or this in the next year, whatever it may be, right? And so when preparing for your sales forecast, think about how much you sold, what trends you've identified in the market, and those trends may affect your income. Try to be realistic and make sure you include seasonal fluctuations in your calculations. Now, 
this is really easy for me to look at because you guys know I'm a solopreneur. You know, it's literally a one and one man army such as myself going up against a major conglomerates like TST prep, which is a TOEFL place, TOEFL resources and all these other places. But when you build such an amazing, like I'm telling you, like I have the human side of everything. I have the flight attendant, the pilot and the air traffic control all in one body, such as myself. And this is why I don't need, uh, you know, the ground crew. I do everything. I'm all four people in one at some point. Yes. I will have to focus more on the flight attendant aspect of everything, but at the same, at the same token right now, this is who I am. And when you have these big companies where they only fit in to be just one individual that, you know, oh, I'm just here to teach and that's it. You see what I mean? That's not good enough. And then when you have someone like me come out, it's huge. So I can project and I can extrapolate and look at some of the patterns. Um, man, this bird is taking an absolute bath in the water. We literally just changed it like 15 minutes ago. Then here they came flying in. It's amazing. Anyway, so if I look at this, okay, try to be realistic. Me, it's like, well, I start off zero at every month. That's all there is to it. I do. I start off at zero every single month. And then after that, I'm like, okay, so how am I going to get from here to here? Right? Because although July was an unbelievable month, August, and again, the last two weeks ended up being pretty good. It was relatively low. So I'm like, well, okay, there's volatility in regards to what I have going on and whatnot. But if I look at what is working, okay, how much I have been able to sell in terms of the different things that I have and the different products that I have, I ask myself, okay, where can I go from here? Okay, what is working? What isn't working? That's why I stopped doing IELTS. That wasn't working. People weren't asking me about inquiries on IELTS because people aren't listening to IELTS on podcasts because the majority of the people who are taking IELTS are people out here in Asia. And the thing is, it's very hard for them, cultural speak, culturally speaking, for them to trust somebody online such as myself. I haven't had any, any type of sales here in Asia whatsoever, except one lady from Indonesia, and she is an accounting manager out there in America, having lived there for 20 years. So I'm talking directly from Asia, no sales whatsoever, because it's very hard for them to trust people like that. They would have to trust, a, you know, a, 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 like a reputable company rather than trusting someone like me who's like a solopreneur. So that's why I dropped IELTS. TOEIC, that's why I dropped TOEIC. And that's why I started focusing on TOEFL, because this is a completely different market in the Western Hemisphere and different parts of Europe. Again, Europeans, they find it very difficult to trust you know, uh, like a one man army instead of like, you know, paying a TST prep or any of the other big companies out there. You guys get what I'm saying? So I look at what's working. Okay. Webinars with the, the best, most amazing funnel for me because people saw what I was capable of and what I am capable of. And then Jackie at the end of June, she ended up buying like an X amount of hours. I think it was like eight to 10 hours. She got a 28 and then that opened up the floodgates for the next 25 days. That's why July was so massive. And then this month, hey, it was all just one person doing right by one person. She invited her friend, her friend invited her friend. Next thing you know, there was a group of apparently 300 dentists and other people all in this WhatsApp group. And now they're like, hey, do oh, I'm trying to look for a TOEFL teacher. They're like, oh, I got the perfect guy. I got the perfect guy, you know? And so it's still very difficult for me to project and forecast. But at the same time, I know 
that, you know, just a couple of days ago, I woke up and I had an extra, uh, uh, almost, uh, almost an extra full salary while sleeping. And that was just like a full salary from my job out here in Thailand, almost a full salary while sleeping. Because why? Hey, I've been producing a ridiculous amount of content and people know who I am. I'm now getting messages everywhere and follows everywhere. People asking me for different things. And, you know, I don't have to project so much, but I write down and say, okay, how many memberships are sold? Okay. How about the coaching packages? How about the coaching hours? How about the webinars? Okay. This is the best month for the webinars. This is definitely going to be the best month for the coaching hours. This might be the best month for the, what is it? The memberships. This might be the most successful month of the year. And it's because I am doubling down on so many different things that I already have at my disposal. So there it is. You have to look at profit loss. Number two, you got to take your sales data and add in your costs, okay? Costs to think about, you know, you know to, to think about it actually include the cost of goods sold, operating expenses. Luckily, I don't have any of that, but you have to think about that. You know, one of my friends, she actually just started, you know, making sandwiches and smoothies. And during this time, you know, she's like, hey, okay, I'm only going to profit, you know, it's 24 bot with all these ingredients and, you know, I'm going to have to sell it at about 45 bot. And so I'm going to profit by this. And so you have to look at the whole profit loss margin, because if you're not able to identify that, what's going to ultimately happen is you're going to possibly be paying a lot more overhead and you're not going to be profiting at all. And I know a lot of people out there who have spent ridiculous amounts of money on things saying, oh, you know, but the thing is their business is way under, right? So what you got to do is get these, combine this with your revenue data to anticipate your gross profit, Okay meaning your operating profit and your profit margins. This is something that I probably would discuss with um, the corporate finance sector at one of the companies that I train at. And because obviously, you know, during the first shutdown, they did phenomenally well because they're literally just like lubricating like a ridiculous amount of machines. And as long as the factories and, you know, operate, you know, operations are open and whatnot, they're never going to, you know, fall, you know, fall short or they're never going to, you know, see a deterioration. But, other people, man, you have to think about it. You know, you have extra employees, you have too many employees. And what could end up happening after that is you're, you're going to have to lay some off because you're, you know, your profit loss margin is deteriorating. You see what I mean, people? So you always got to consider this. Okay. Number three, the cash flow. That's right. When thinking about cash flow, try to predict when you will receive income. And there you go. Now you guys can hear the birds that were literally just taking baths. So here we go. When you will receive income and when you will have to pay costs incurred, what's going to happen? Okay. So I had to hurry up and pause that because obviously, boy, the birds, the birds were getting loud. So here we go. You got to enter this information into the cash flow forecast so that you can predict when you'll incur costs and when you receive the revenue to pay them. Guys, this is like getting your monthly check and being able to pay it off. Right. This is the first time in my life that I said, oh, man, well, I already got the monthly check. I'm going to hurry up and pay, pay, you know, pay my landlord before anything else, you know. Um, and it's because obviously I'm like, OK, well, you know, I'm getting ready to buy this new MacBook Pro in about eight days. Um, and I set myself a deadline for the 26th of this amazing a month. And so I'm very, very excited. That's going to be happening this upcoming. No, not this weekend. Well, obviously not this weekend, but next Sunday. Right. 
And I'm looking at, you know, the Bank of America account. I'm looking at this account. I'm looking at everything. I'm like, man, it's looking very, very good. But at the cash flow, what I always do every month, the biggest expense that I have is my condo. So if you guys want to break this down, you know, I never say, okay, what I make online, what my online business that is not going to go towards my condo whatsoever. It's the bullshit job that I have out here in Thailand that needs to pay my condo, period. And if you don't do that and things do open back up, don't you ever ask me to take your bullshit ass classes coming all the way down to this, you know, this, this school and wasting so much time. And again, I use terms, remember, time, energy, return on investment, um, money and sanity, right? And so if I have to spend 33% of what I make in two hours just traveling there and back, then what the hell's the point? You guys get what I mean? So that's the whole profit loss too, right? And if I look at cash flow, I say, okay, I know how I'm going to pay my rent. Okay, I got this amount. I'm going to hurry. Okay, that's good. I'm already in the positive. Okay, and everything else is just all like surplus, right? And so that's why I always stack it into my technological, you know, my te uh, uh, updated my technology uh what is it? The, uh, you, you know, basically the thing that I have, right? Um, the stipend, right? So first MacBook Pro. After that, iPhone 13. After that, I think it's going to be other little bits of technology, probably an Apple Watch so I could get running in because I'm not going to take my uh, phone running or anything, you know? And so upgrading those little things. So I have a stipend for that. I did have a stipend for rent money, but then I got, in that, I'm gonna, you guys are going to hear in my, uh, what is it, in my sales podcast coming up soon, how amazing this month was, because what ended up happening was, I'm like, oh, well, I ended up, you know, the, the, with the big situation that happened, I told you, I, I talked to you guys about the whole overcoming racism, right? Well, I guess, you know, they finally came through on something and I got myself my first company with this bullshit ass company. I said, there you go. And it's online too. So now I'm like, hey man, these are now again, that company, they pay me a little bit more and it's guaranteed money for the next four months. So I know that they're never going to fall under in regards to paying me like, like, like on a, on a routine basis, right? That's a guaranteed salary. So I know my condo, that bill, that's all I want you guys to do. Just make sure that you give me the money to pay for my condo and power. That's all I'm asking you to do is security. It's a work permit and a visa. Everything else and all the crazy amount that I've been making online, don't even worry about that. Uh, that's for me and for my business. You guys get what I'm saying? So I look at my cash flow from a, a point of view. I'm like, okay, 400 for this. Okay, power bill about 60 to $70. Okay, phone bill is just what? It's $25. Okay, Wi-Fi is about $8. Welcome to Thailand, right? Um, and, you know, some, uh, I don't really, I don't travel anywhere. There are no everyday expenses. I just pay for food, right? And so when I look at, okay, if I spend, I don't know, anywhere between 300 to 500 on food a month, and then I go on a surplus of that plus maybe times two, three, four, or maybe even five, that's when I'm in heavy gains. But at the same time, forecasting saying, okay, well, if there is another potential shutdown, which could lead to the fifth wave, and that's when they're going to open up, you know, to these goddamn foreigners who are already carriers, even though they have vaccines, they can still be carriers, especially the Americans. That country is being completely smashed right now based on stupidity again. But nonetheless, when they start coming in here and a fifth wave happens, I know the guaranteed salary, it's going to be ready and good to go. You know what I mean? Because guess what? The whole sales aspect of it. What? Because the company that I'm going to tell you guys about in the sales podcast coming up real soon, they are going to be covering me an X amount, you know, X amount in regards to the condo and the power bill. Now, last year, I didn't have that. People were apprehensive in terms of doing online learning. It was difficult. 
extremely difficult, but I ended up getting it done. And now everyone has acclimated it, acclimated to it. And now I have professionals from all around Central and South America who are my students who I train, who are my clients or students who I train. You see what I mean? So what I'm going to do, okay, I'm going to hurry up and break this down for you guys, right? So there's some vocabulary words, and this is what I told you guys that I was going to start doing with you, right? So if we look at this, money for selling products, right? And so when we look at this and we look at, you know, different vocabulary terms, money for selling products, that's basically your revenue. That's your income, right? How about long-term changes? That means trends, short-term changes, okay? Those are that could, you know, technically mean like, you know, fluctuations because it comes, goes up, down, up, down, up, down, volatility. That's the same thing as fluctuation, up, down, up, down, up, down. The cost of making the products you sell, cost of goods sold. That's exactly what my friend's doing right now, right? She's over here making, you know, smoothies and stuff and she has to generate and say, okay, how much is this? It's going to be this per thing. Okay. What about the plastic cup? What about this? What about that? Guys, all of that has to be put into it. You know, you can't just have big, crazy high ingredients, but yet you're, you're not covering your overcost and your profit loss is ridiculously low. So this is going to be an excellent example to give over the next X amount of over the next three, four months. Right. And so, again, the, you know, the cost of running your business, the operating expenses. I'm very, very fortunate because, again, there is no cost. Oh, well, yeah, technically. ESL podcast is twenty four dollars a month. Got my personal development podcast, eighteen dollars a month. It's about $330 to have my blog and website. The only reason why I am keeping it is because every month I get about 9,000 views with 5,000 visitors and it's continually going up, right? And I've gotten a lot of WhatsApp messages and different things from that also, okay? But other people, if you look at the profit loss from running your business, this is how people start cutting back. And this is why America had the biggest firing ever in human history last year, right? Gross profit, that means... The profit, okay, the profit before expenses. Then you have operating profit. That's profit after expenses. Then you have your profit margin, which is a measure of how much revenue the company keeps. All right. So in saying that, man, you got to make sure that you have a lot of overhead. You got to make sure you have not a lot of overhead, a lot of revenue, a lot of revenue to be able to weather the storm and potential storms. And that's what it comes down to that last vocabulary term I gave you guys, man. So again, in considering that there are still so many other things that we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to, oh man, it's going to be good. This in this series is going to be phenomenal. So in saying that, guys, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the first corporate finance podcast. Stay tuned for more. We have so much more coming. And again, be sure to follow me on my Arsenio's ESL podcast Instagram page. Again, if you are interested in my early access badge or my business English podcast badge, and you are looking to, in, you know, you know, to improve your general English skills and stuff like that, let me know. I'll be waiting for you over and out.